Winning season returns at MyBookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means insane player props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. At MyBook, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are starting off right where they left off last year, and the NFL is officially returning a big way. That means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes week in, week out. Get in on the action. Use promo code ZABE and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best in the NFL this season for your chance to win big. Use promo code ZABE and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. Today on the ZABEcast, the Big Ten is going to play football, we think. The Pac-12 football teams are finally getting the hit. You better beg for your political captors for mercy. We've got kickers gone wild. Allen Robinson wants out. Tom Brady needs more grit and determination. It's a big old show, and I'm giving it away for free. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Wednesday, September 16, 2020. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for downloading Solo Show today. I've got too much to talk about, so if it's just you and me, let's get right to it. I waited as long as I could tonight before laying down this podcast on the pack, or excuse me, the Big Ten's decision, and apparently I didn't wait long enough because... You know, the Big Ten's going to Big Ten. Let me go ahead and just right now refresh my Twitter timeline to see what I can see. Scrolling, scrolling, Bueller, Bueller. No, nothing official right now. Rumor is eight-week season or eight-game season in nine weeks or nine games in ten weeks, something like that. They could have played ten games in 16 weeks had they gotten their shit together a lot earlier, but they apparently just can't do that. So it looks like the Big Ten is going to play, and the last dying gasps of the hopelessly biased can't play at any cost media members like Dan Wolken sounds a little bit like this. College football celebrates COVID-19 outbreaks ridicules cautious approach Dan Wolken with the column the truth about what has gone on at college football programs over the past few months in pursuit of playing this fall has started to dribble out into public view it's not a flattering picture Texas Tech has had 75 players test positive for COVID-19 since June LSU coach Ed Orgeron casually mentioned to reporters Tuesday that most of our players have caught it, while adding he hopes they don't catch it again. Memphis had to postpone its game against Houston scheduled for this weekend because of a significant number of cases. And on and on, Oklahoma this, that, blah, blah, blah. And those are just the ones we've learned about in the past few days, writes Wolken ominously. So, uh... Why exactly did Big Ten presidents get so much grief over canceling fall football that they have been browbeaten into possibly changing their minds? <laughs> They've been browbeaten. 
That's the new narrative, I guess. They've been brought poor Big Ten presidents. More like this, Dan. They fucked up. They made a panic decision to cancel with no plan B in place, with no willingness to give it one more month to see how things trended, are now looking at the rest of the country going, you know what? We can play. It's better to play. It's a more controlled environment for these student athletes. We know if they test positive, we're going to help get them MRIs to see whether or not they've got myocarditis. If we just shut it all down and they get COVID-19, which they will, who know who's going to pay for your MRI? Go good luck. Go pay for your MRI. See if you got myocarditis or any other possible long-term damage. It's better to play. And yet some people like Dan Wolken can't get their heads around that or they're just so committed to their own narrative, they just don't want to admit it. I just wonder if he understands that he's full of shit but he doesn't care cuz this is his stance, he's sticking with it or if he just doesn't see it. That's what I would love to know. The Big Ten presidents, poor babies, have been browbeaten into changing their minds. Interesting. So, yeah, uh, several schools had to play games without big chunks of their rosters. So what? It was with an abundance of caution. Most of these asymptomatic cases, many of them false positives, we know that, and yet they say, fine, we'll play without them. There was actually a big upset I saw of a school that had a lot of starters out, but they won anyway. These college football programs, yeah, there's a few star players that we all know, and then there's a bunch of guys you don't know. And a lot of the guys behind the guys, even the guys behind the guys, the guys, they're good. And when they get out there and they play football, you don't know what's going to happen. Anyhow, he says, what does it say, though, about the collective culture of college football that the Big Ten and Pac-12, which initially canceled football this fall because they prioritized caution over dollars, were widely viewed by their own coaches and making bad decisions while LSU's coach is bragging because he thinks he's got herd immunity in his locker room. He never said anything of the sort, and Dan Wolken knows it. The responses to this are just withering. So sorry this is happening to you. Wolkaren. Another comment. I must have missed the news about all these hospitalized football players and students. I wish there was a 24-hour news cycle that thrived on negativity and fear. Oh, wait. Never mind. There's not a single rational person who would watch the Ed Orgeron clip and characterize his tone, demeanor, or mannerisms as bragging. He also didn't mention anything similar about herd herd, herd humanity, herd immunity. This is such dishonest garbage. You should be ashamed, but I'm sure you won't be. Here's the Ed Orgeron clip in case you want to hear it and decide for yourself. I'm, I'm not going to say all of it, but you know, some players have caught it, and uh, I'm, I don't know the percentage, but uh, yeah, hopefully that once you catch it, you don't get it again. Now, I'm not a doctor, you know what I'm saying? I think they got that 90-day window, so uh, most of the players that have caught it, uh, we feel that they're going to be eligible for games. So we we look at the players that have caught it, and we say, okay, this guy should be eligible for game. We look at the players that haven't caught it. We talk to them about being very, very careful so they're eligible for games. But we know that the players that haven't caught it, we have to have some backups in their position ready in case they catch it. 
Uh, so we, we, we're looking at our roster and, and that matters. Yeah. In other words, he's trying to figure out how to play a football season because it matters a lot to these kids and these parents and these schools. And yes, the money matters because, hello, people's livelihoods are tied up into it. Maybe not Dan Wolkin's livelihood, although wouldn't it be great if some, some if n- I don't want to wish for other people to get fired. It's bad karma. But sometimes you just you, you just love to see it. Like USA Today has released Dan Wolken uh, in cutbacks because, well, we don't need him writing about college football. That's not bragging from Ed Orgeron. That's not talking about herd immunity. But you characterize it the way you feel you have to. The better bite about this is <laughs> from Pulp Fiction. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah, boy. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. Yeah, but that's what they're going to do. Another person commented, sounds like the reality of a highly contagious virus that is generally not dangerous to most of the population, including college athletes, is indeed spreading and will continue to spread. Yes, indeed. So we'll see what the actual schedule is from the pack or excuse me the big 10 and then the pack 12 is finally starting to speak up usc's coaches are coming out on social media going hey man we've been practicing under a tent for the last couple months we can't even get into our facilities right now and uh this is gonna continue it's so late in the game for these pack 12 coaches but then again The state of California is so insanely locked down. They have such impossible metrics to meet. You're just, you're you're never going to get there unless you start rattling the cage until you start doing some things. It's going to take individual revolt, uh, piece by piece, business by business, everywhere across the board. So I was thinking about who's really shut down right now in society and why is there not more of an uprising? And it dawned on me that, Other than small business, restaurants, bars, and concert venues, and sports, that's kind of it, right? What else is really shut down right now? Most white-collar jobs, office jobs, are being done via Zoom. No, No big deal there. At least not yet, by the way. More on that in a second. The school teachers have flexed their muscles, so at least half of them around the country, they're doing their stuff from home. And none of them have been fired. Uh, The parents, while a good chunk of them are pissed off and absolutely distraught, they have to work on, you know, helping their kids learn distance learning. There's way too many parents who didn't want their kids going back to school in person. I know in my school district, it was like 50-50. And I just, I slap my forehead. I say, honey, we're doomed. If it was that many parents, they're like, nah, nah, let's not send them back. What can you do? This goes back to the whole wearing a mask in your car while driving down the road theory. As long as we see people doing like that, uh, see people doing that, it's going to be very hard to get everything back to normal. But anyway, back to uh, my point is that it's just, it's just too many people out there too scared. And so what shut down? Restaurants shut down, bars, sports, uh, concert venues. Otherwise, people can kind of do stuff, and there's just not enough of a punch or not enough of a, of a constituency amongst the restaurants and the bars 
to really, you know, beg and go, please let us go beyond 25% capacity. We can't survive this way. The government has papered over so much of the pain right now with unemployment benefits and pushing money out the door and these loan programs that NFL wide receivers take advantage of and <laughs> scam and other people take advantage of and scam. Nobody's really had to pay a big price just yet. And so therefore, I guess we got what we got. And then you got the vaccine talkers. Mike DeWine, what a loser he is at Ohio, in Ohio, the governor. What a pencil neck, paranoid little dweeb and a Republican, unfortunately. He said, no, until we get a vaccine and get a significant number of people taking it, we're just going to have to keep up this fight. And you know what? Their numbers, they showed a chart. DeWine tweeted a chart in which you look at the y-axis and you say, oh, what a y-axis that is. It was deaths deaths per day reported in the last 24 hours in the state of Ohio. So let's just swallow that for a second. New deaths reported by date of death within the last 24 hours. And the x-axis, which I think is the bottom, x bottom, y is, x goes horizontal, y goes vertical. Yes, I'm remembering now basic fifth grade. Is it math? What what are are charts? Charts would be math, I guess. And the (laughs) x-axis went all the way back to like May. And of course, in May, there was very few new deaths compared to now. Then as you go forward, you see this big sort of a ramp up in deaths. And you're like, oh my God, Ohio, what's going on? And then you look at the y-axis. And along the y-axis, they have the number of deaths notched as one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. (laughs) The state of Ohio has 11 million people. And the y-axis to try to show some kind of a ramp up, a curve, a spike, is calibrated down to single digit deaths. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So the big bars on this graph that have a linear uh, or a x-axis time frame of four or five months have literally seven deaths per day as the peak now. Of 11 million people, it's fucking madness. And this shit is put out all the time by the people that want to keep pushing this. It's amazing. It's amazing. But uh, yeah, Mike DeWine, what a what a tool bag that guy is. Danny Noonan has arrived at Wingfoot. That's right. Danny Noonan, played by uh, the great actor. Oh, shit. Can't remember this off the top of my head. Michael O'Keefe. Michael O'Keefe grew up in Westchester, New York, and actually caddied at Wingfoot before coming an actor. He was on the bag for club pro Danny Balin and was wearing a red Caddyshack hat. You cannot get more awesome than that, my friends, right there. I'm looking at the photos right now. (laughs) Danny. (laughs) Wingfoot's apparently going to be brutal, which is great. I hope the winning score is over par. All these people are like, oh, everyone hits it too far. You can't make these courses too hard anymore. These pros are too good. Well, we'll see about this week. The rough is absolutely nasty and thick. Nobody's been playing in it. 
It's been cool and lush, plenty of rain. Green complexes at Wingfoot are absolutely wicked. Fairways are tight ribbons. It's going to be a good time. I wish there was fans, but, well, you know, it's New York. In other news, as I pop around here, how about kickers gone wild? Steven Goskowski on Monday Night Football was flat-out terrible. Three missed field goals and a missed extra point, and there were some wild-ass misses there as well. We're talking Ian Baker Finch hitting it out of bounds on the first tee at St. Andrews across the 18th fairway coming back the other way. That kind of wild. Somebody was posting a, a clip from, I guess, Madden in which you can really jack up the kicker, and the guy kicked it in Madden literally into the stands out of bounds on the left side of the field. Funny. Not so funny, though, when it's your kicker and you're like, well, what are we going to do about him? They moved down into position. They let him kick what was the game-winning field goal, but it was only a 25-yarder. Now they got to figure out Guskowski was, at one point, the most accurate kicker in the NFL. And now it's like he's shot. It's like he can't kick. There are people, I got in this argument with um, with uh, my guy uh, on 97.3 The Game. Uh, why am I having brain lock right now? It's the pressure of don't fuck up this podcast. It's one take. Brian Butch, relax. Breathe. It's okay. So Brian Butch said, he said, oh, I could, I said, how are you at kicking? Because I asked both John Kuhn and him, how are you guys at kicking? Kuhn is like, I'm okay, I can hit a 25-yarder, but that's about it. Butch is like, oh, yeah, I could. Uh, you Give me a 20-yarder, I'll get it airborne at least. I go, are you sure about that? And he was indignant that I said, I'm not sure you could necessarily get it airborne if you didn't know how to kick. And I said, look, I know as a guy with a football field in his backyard and goalposts, and by the way, the goalposts aren't up, I'm not painting the field this year, sorry. I'm not trying to kick anymore. It's kind of a moment's past. <laughs> it's one of the further things in life, just giving up and retreating. I know. It's very sad. Come on, man. You got to do that. Well, maybe I will. The mood strikes me. I doubt it, though. I said, as a guy who's tried to kick soccer style, I said, there's a lot that goes into it. It's a very athletic move. You got you to catch the ball right on the crown of your foot. Is it called the crown? Whatever the bone is on your instep. You have to lock your ankle to provide a firm, you know, sort of club head to hit it with. You hit the sweet spot. You got to swing the leg. You got to get your steps down. You got to plant your plant foot good and hard. You got to swing your hips. You got to follow through. You got to point your toe. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it to really kick a field goal, kick a football well, soccer style. Now, super jock. Toe punching it, different story. And that's what Kuhn said. He goes, if you want to toe punch it, that's a different deal. I bought, as you know, a toe punch shoe from a company in Ohio. There is like this, the la- apparently the last bastion of the toe punchers, as they call them in, in, in football, those at soccer, the non-soccer style kickers. They're in Ohio, and there's a company that makes the, uh, the Tom Dempsey type shoe, although Dempsey had a foot deformity that was even more than just the straight-on kicker shoe, but basically the Mark Mosley square-toed shoe that used to be the big thing in the 70s. It's a lot easier athletically to kick it, you know, just square because it's a very linear motion. It's just 
You bend your knee back, you keep that ankle firm, and then you boom, you punch the shit out of that football with a big, hardened, square toe, and that ball will go. When you catch it right, that ball will go. I have kicked, not to humble brag, a 45-yarder when it comes to toe punching. That's my record. 45 yards. Legit 45 yards. No snap, no rush. Of course not, but still. 45 yards. Boom. Nailed it. God, I'm now kind of getting nostalgic. I want to go out there and kick some. Maybe. Question, should I kick field goals or not? Let me know. Allen Robinson wants out of Chicago. Unfriended all of his Bears teammates on social media as a way to say, that's it, I'm done. He is one of the just below the radar elite receivers in the NFL. He's very good. He's 27 years old. He's in his prime. He wants to be paid like an elite wide receiver. The Bears are balking at this point. He's only got one more year left on his deal. This is the final year. People are clamoring, oh, trade for him. A lot of my Redskin, ooh, Red Wolf fans are saying, go get him. Of course, there are a lot of the same people that said, go get Mohamed Sanu. He's available. The Patriots cut him. Now, I'm not putting Sanu in the same category as Allen Robinson because he's not even close. But you're going to have to pay draft picks to get Robinson. And then you're going to have to pay him money on top of it. Absolutely not. Make do with what you got. Run the ball more and draft the next Allen Robinson when you get a chance. This is not the way to get ahead and to get ahead in the NFL. Tom Brady had one bad game. And I was like, okay. And it was the worst game Brady ever had? No, probably not. But it was very un-Brady-like, which I would say I would consider to be normal. No offseason, no training program, no preseason, new scheme, new phone, who dis? What did you expect on the road at New Orleans? And receivers that weren't accustomed to Brady. Even good receivers like Mike Evans, who stopped his route, misreading a coverage as cover two when it was really quarters so says Bruce Arians Bruce Arians loves to talk he loves to hear himself talk and he was kind of riffing on how yeah you know Brady wasn't as good as he expects to be and we expect to be but then he said something that was terribly misconstrued in the headline and in the tweet that was sent out about this story the headline of the story from the Tampa Tribune said uh, Arians wants more, quote, grit and determination, unquote, from Brady. As soon as I saw that, I said, whoa, Ooh, here we go. He wants more grit and determination. I then read the story and the quote actually said, I would expect more grit and determination from him this week. I would expect more grit and determination. Totally different from I want more. When a coach would say, I expect more, that's like saying, I would expect more. That is a basically a compliment to Brady going, I know how pissed he is. I know how perfectionist he is. And guess what? I, can't even, I don't need to even tell him anything because he has his own standards that are way above even mine or anyone else's. So I would expect more grit and determination from him because he's a self-motivator and a six-time Super Bowl champion. Some, though, are saying, good, I like Bruce Arians. I love it. Tough talk from a coach, plain talk. And I'm like, okay, if you're going to put Arians and Tom Brady on my big air scale where you take two hands out and you you weigh the two, let's see. Uh, You got 
Tom Brady, six Super Bowl rings, nine Super Bowl appearances, all-time leader in just about every category in the NFL at quarterback. Not even arguably the best quarterback of all time, the best quarterback of all time. Don't even argue. Don't at me. It's not even a debate. Got that in one hand, and then on the other hand, you got Kangol Hat. Kangol Hat, Tom Brady. Hmm. Who would you put more faith in? Guys like Bruce Arian are loved by the media because they blah, 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 talk, talk, talk. They don't do their team any favors. They should take they should take basically the stance and take the approach of Belichick. Don't say anything. Don't give any fodder to us idiots, us jackals out here in terms of storylines and stuff like that. Cardi B is taking that WAP out on the road. She's getting divorced from rapper Offset. After three years of blissful marriage, I'm sure. Kim Kardashian said she was pausing her Facebook and Instagram accounts because she doesn't like how the company is profiting off of hate and spreading misinformation. She said she urged all of her 67 million followers to do the same. It caused Facebook shares to tumble briefly in afternoon trading. Pause. Here's the problem. First of all, people are mocking her like, oh, what a hero. Pause your Facebook and your Instagram account. The other thing is she's like, it's undermining our democracy, this misinformation, this hate. It's dividing us as a country. Does Kim know that there are m- many different angles and many di- like the idea of what is or is not hateful has 28 different opinions, if not more on a average Tuesday? And what counts as, quote, misinformation is becoming more and more politicized, basically. I'm sure she knows that. She's a very smart lady. And her husband, Kanye West, seems to be doing great. (laughs) Kanye West has erected a 10-foot wall around his house, around his ranch in California. Um, And it's not quite a wall. It looks like it's some kind of scaffolding with... Uh, privacy fencing, but either way, it's uh, <laughs> it's something else. The aerial shots of his house makes it look like his house is in a bathtub as he's pretty much losing his mind. He now says, and let me find this tweet here from Kanye West. <laughs> he says that uh, I want I want the uh, Sony Executives Board of Compensation. Hold on, Kanye West. I have all these tabs up. I have all these likes, all these different accounts. Okay, here we go. Yeezy. Yee. He goes by uh, at Kanye West or just Yee, blue check mark on Twitter. All right, let's see here. Uh, oh, I guess he got them there. All right, here we go. I need to see everyone's contracts at Universal and Sony. I'm not going to watch my people be enslaved. I'm putting my life on the line for my people. The music industry and the NBA are modern day slave ships, and I'm. The new Moses. (laughs) Yeah, Kanye. Joe Rogan has offered Trump and Biden a four-hour debate with him as moderator. Trump took two seconds to say yes. Biden, haven't heard from him. Can Biden stay awake for four hours? Oh, sorry. Was that a cheap shot? Sorry. Four hours is a long time. Even, Even... for Trump, I mean, that four-hour debate, four hours, four hours. Come on, man. You kidding me? 
Louis Vuitton has offered a luxury face shield. Yes, that's right. For nearly $1,000, you can buy a Louis Vuitton face shield for your pandemic needs. I saw a couple of people today with face shields that were basically melted into sunglasses. So uh, I think what people are doing now is the masks are obtrusive and an annoyance and dirty and could possibly cause respiratory problems. So now they're just going to face shields, which really don't offer much protection aside from spittle. The ones I saw when I was out picking up my barbecue were not Louis Vuitton. They probably cost a lot less, but just two people were wearing them like, all right, this is my way to get around it. I think Andy Reid went with the face shield because he didn't want something on his fucking mouth the whole game. And Sean McVay admitted that basically the NFL's memo from Troy Vincent, the official uniform and procedural killjoy in the Shields House of Discipline, was directed at him because McVay pretty much wore his face mask like a chin strap. This nonsense is going to continue for quite some time. Okay, let me get some emails in here. You guys are great uh, sending me stuff. Uh, Email Zabe at yahoo.com. I appreciate all the feedback, positive, negative, in between. Helps me get better. Helps me deliver what you guys want. This one from Greg Crystal. He says, Zabe, I was not a one percenter last year, so last Friday was my first football five ways Friday. It was great. And even at one hour and 22 minutes, it was not too long. Good. I worry about that. I personally want to try to lean on it to get it down to an hour because I think that's plenty. We're here for a good time, not a long time, right? But I'll work on that. He says, I know less about gambling than I do about sports, but I bought a subscription to Mr. X's green plan. I also exchanged some emails with newbie questions to Mr. X, and he was very helpful. Between the podcast and your DC show, I listen to you for about three hours per day. Wow. Too much? Nah. Even with the internet, you're the best out there. Thank you, Greg Crystal. Thank you, my friend. Mike Heiser writes, in a pre-COVID world, I always wondered why NFL teams never sold tickets to watch an away game on the Jumbotron in their own stadium. I know there are Packer fans that would be all over that. Other than a possible dumb NFL rebroadcast rule, I don't see why teams wouldn't do this. Discounted ticket, discounted parking, full price concessions. I can hear Boss Hog now cackling in greedy delight. Yes, indeed. We're going to sell these shirts for three We're going to get people to come not watch a game. Five and a half cents each. <laughs> Do we make a bundle? Oh, we're going to make a bundle. <laughs> What's my cut? Huh? What's my, well, you can have one of these shirts all for your own. Oh, Size small. Yeah, size small. It's been done before. The Capitals, when they were making their wild run to the Stanley Cup championship, were selling out the Verizon Center in no time flat, actually Capital One Arena, excuse me, uh, and it was at a minimal cost, and you know that's a different experience. It's got to be a championship indoors, preferably. You're asking football fans to go sit in a stadium and look up at a jumbotron and pay for parking and fight traffic and pay full concessions. I don't see it. But thank you for the email, Mike Heiser. I appreciate it. They also experimented, Mike, one last thought on that. They experimented with showing NFL games at theaters on the giant theater screens. And I don't know whatever happened to that. I never actually went and experienced it. That's something I could get into, I think, although I'd have to have three theater screens. 
in, in front of me. But if the picture was really, really good, I could see doing that in the theater. But again, people just don't want to pay. They don't want to pay. They don't want to leave their house. They already have a big enough screen in their basement. And if it's not big enough, guess what? They scoot up a couple feet. Hey, this thing just got a lot bigger. Uh, This one from Ray Post from the relatively bucolic streets of Virginia Beach and Toledo. Toledo? Toledo. Zabe, I hope you are proud of Lord Football, quote-unquote, after all the I hate whitey stuff yesterday. I get that this is your job, but is it worth supporting these animals who cheer policemen getting ambushed? I don't think, by the way, NFL players have cheered that, but they have definitely not taken enough of a vocal stand to go, whoa, 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 this has got to stop. In fact, not even not taking a vocal enough stand. They have been radio silent. I am listening to you steal, steal. I am listening to you still, says Ray, but at some point you have to take a side. Look, I've taken a side, but I can't take the side of, I'm on the side of fuck the NFL, I'm not going to talk about it. Now, what are we going to talk about? Okay. As I've tried to explain to people, I am a third-party value-added middleman between Big Sports Incorporated and the athlete industrial media complex and the consumers who love sports and like to go to games and watch them and are getting more and more disillusioned. I'm a third-party intermediary. I can't control what I'm getting supplied from the supplier. The NFL is the supplier of the raw product. I add value to it with commentary, enthusiasm, analysis, etc. And you guys are the customers. Don't yell at me. And don't tell me you should stop carrying that product. I can't stop carrying it. Anyhow, just one more thing to check out. There's a Texas junior safety, B.J. Foster, who quit the team in the third quarter against UTEP. Why? They're up 59-3, to and he was bitching that he was not getting enough playing time. Wow. He said, uh, Ray said, we the fans, the real fans are getting tired of this crap. Please be our voice and call out all this stupidity or not. It's your choice. Ray, I'm calling it out. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I'm calling it out. But at the end of the day, you know, what do you want me to do? I can't just say I'm not covering the NFL or college football. This one from David Coppa. Zabe, this might ramble a bit, but here in the intro to Football Five Ways Friday this week, sent a pulse of nostalgic electroshock through my system. Good. Perfect. That's what I wanted it to do. That's what I hope to do. I'm proud of that production value. I know it's a little bit long, but I think it's well done. Maybe it's the crazy year we're having, but I think it's the product you've developed. I've been listening to you via radio going on for a decade now, and your podcast since its inception. I'm a rabies-free Packer fan, (laughs) rabies-free, who has used you and your guests as a conduit to a more general appreciation for the game of football as a whole. Though you and Mr. X, through you and Mr. X, I've developed a healthy relationship with the dark arts of gambling. He puts healthy, question mark. And as Abecast is hands down the best sports talk broadcast podcast with the best talent that should be a staple on every sports fan's listening menu. That being said, oh boy, Football Five Ways has become an even more refined distillation of your talent as a broadcaster and your ability to find interesting guests and extract with precision their most interesting perspectives. Yes. I thought it was going to be a, that being said, a Football Five Ways sucks. I'm trying not to be too plat, platitudinous, plat, platitudinous, platitudinous, 
not a word. But your product is far superior to anything offered by major media outlets. You are the Joe Rogan of sports talk casting. I wish I was. And I hope you are able to acquire that size of an audience. We're working on it. Just, you know, got to keep after it. Keep chopping wood. Maybe I just made a commercial for you, but the freeloaders are missing out on a priceless piece of entertainment for a mere five bucks a month. Thanks for all your hard work. Go easy on yourself and take more vacations, but bring your microphone with you to keep us posted. Thank you, David Coppa. Thank you, my friend. That's very nice. Someday I might be able to buy Derek Jeter's mansion if this podcast keeps going the way it's going. It's going to take a while, but still. Derek Jeter puts St. Jetersburg, the iconic massive home on the waterfront south of Tampa on the market. It can be yours for just $29 million. It is massive in proportions, 30,000 square feet, two docks, an 80-foot pool outside, Eight bedrooms, eight bathrooms, six half baths, this, that, the other. I'm sure wine cellar, rec room, theater, all the bells and whistles. Said the broker, quote, it's definitely not a casual house, but it's very livable. (laughs) Bullshit it is. Very livable. Even though Jeter is now married uh, to uh, Hannah, what's her name? She was on the DirecTV commercials on the horse, excuse me. Barbecue coming up. Oh, look at the time. 36 minutes in. It's time for me to wrap it up. Even though uh, he's married now with two kids, even that's too big of a house for him. Imagine if you owned that house and you were to walk into every room once a day just as a check to make sure nobody is there squatting, living in your house without knowing it. Make sure there's nothing crazy going on in some spare bedroom, bathroom, guest room, storage room, you name it. It'd take 30 minutes a day. Oh, shit, I got to do the walkthrough of my house. Okay, here's a room. Just If you walked in, flipped on the lights, took a quick look around, made sure everything was fine, okay, good. Of course, you got somebody to do that for you. You got a housekeeper. You got a property manager. It all goes into it. Good luck getting the $29 million. Shaq put his house up recently. Massive house in South Florida. This one's going up. $29 million. I mean, how many people are there to buy it? How many people want that? Honestly. And do you get the wicker basket that Jeter reportedly had at the front door in which he made guests to St. Jetersburg put their phones in the wicker basket saying, I'll take care of these. I don't want you taking pictures while you're roaming around my 30,000 square foot insane baller mansion. All right, that is a wrap for today. Wow, look at that. 37 minutes, nary a mistake, a few hiccups, a literal hiccup at the end. Otherwise, not too shabby. Thank you so much for listening. Solo shows are good, I think, periodically. Let me ramble a bit, get off my mind, things I need to get off my mind. Tomorrow will be Notorious J-A-Y. Friday is Football Five Ways Friday. And the beat goes on with Week 2 in the NFL and more college football. And we hope a plan from the Big Ten. Uh, We'll try to get that laid out tomorrow if they finally come to a decision. Thanks for listening. Have a great Wednesday. And we will see you next time.
Winning season returns at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means insane player props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. At my book, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are starting off right where they left off last year, and the NFL is officially returning a big way. That means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes week in, week out. Get in on the action. Use promo code ZABE and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best in the NFL this season for your chance to win big. Use promo code ZABE and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie.